Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. It's Get Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPrette. And Chachi's co-host, Beatles instructor at Suffolk University, David Galan. Well, hello, everybody. Yes, it's me, Chachi LaPrette, host of Breakfast with the Beatles in New England. And our podcast, Get Back to the Beatles. And as the announcer said, I am here along with my partner of many years, Mr. David Galanti, the Beatles professor at Suffolk University in Boston. How are you, my friend? Chachi, I'm well today. Well, we have a very special guest today, and, uh, you know, a dear friend of our program for years is the great Denny Lane, a super talented man, a dear friend, uh, the man who Paul McCartney chose to be his songwriting partner after his years with John, and that says a lot about uh, Denny's talents. He's such a a nice guy, and uh, so, David, today we're bringing on our friend Liz, the wife of Denny Lane, and and Liz has agreed to come on our podcast and update us on Denny's health. And uh, we'll discuss uh, where Denny is at this moment and uh, how he got there. So we're here with Liz. Good morning, Liz. How are you? Good morning. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. And so uh, bring us uh, up to speed on Denny's health, how this all began, and uh, and what's happening with our friend. Well, Every uh, we take every day, day by day. He has good days, bad days. Uh, he's currently he's still in the hospital. Um, he was in ICU. Uh, he came back to the hospital um, October third with pneumonia after being in rehab for a week. With uh, he was doing physical therapy. Then he developed pneumonia. Came back was in ICU for two weeks. He was released out of ICU. Uh, over just over a week ago or so now he's on a regular patient floor which is a good sign it's a good thing um he's doing a little better with his breathing his oxygen levels um that is, he has this uh, progressive lung disease that's not ever going to go away so we're just managing it um he's very weak still um he can't walk he can't do anything. He's, he's bedridden. Um, he gets a little stronger every day, you know, eating, um, doing his physical therapy in bed. I was just doing it with him this morning earlier. And, um, you know, he's determined to get, get out of here. He's determined to return to, uh, his life and what he was doing is a lot of open-ended projects that he was doing before he got ill over the summer, um, with this lung collapse, that started in the end of July, and he had another lung collapse in August, followed by a lung surgery called VATS, V-A-T-S, and uh, that was to help strengthen the lung wall so he doesn't have another lung collapse because he's going to be susceptible to that. He's susceptible to developing lung infections because his lungs are weak, and he has an autoimmune disease, which he developed, all this developed after his uh, short bout with COVID that he developed um, in March of 2022 in New York City. So, you know, it's really, it's everything is COVID-based, COVID-related, unfortunately. And I'm sure a lot of people have the same story, have the same history um, or experience that we're unfortunately going through. Well, it's very sad to hear, and uh, we love Denny in Boston. He's been here many times. He has many fans, and we wanted to get yeah. the message out about Denny and what he's going through. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have health insurance, and you started a GoFundMe page. So tell us about that. Yeah, uh, Denny, I've been trying to get him 
insurance for a couple of years now. Um, but the problem with him is he does not have a green card. He does not have legal status, um, which we were in the process of doing. And that takes about a year to finalize. And we were in the early stages of that. And he started getting sick last year after he came off the uh, Beatle tribute tour he, he was doing in the spring. And um, we, that's when he started having this breathlessness and he started getting pneumonia. He was getting pneumonia, you know, very small amount of it uh, every six weeks or so um, going to the doctors, trying to figure out what was wrong. They thought it was just COPD. Then they thought he had an emphysema, um, but it turned out he has something called ILD, intertestinal lung disease. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, which is a progressive disease. There's no cure for it. Um, so it's something that he's going to live with and it will deteriorate over, over time. So what we're trying to do is manage this disease. Um, he's getting oxygen treatment, which it turns out he's going to be on oxygen for the rest of his life. And uh, he will also be, um, on medication monthly. So his his lung disease has progressed. It's getting worse over the last 12 months. And now he's uh, bedridden. Um, as I said earlier, his lung had collapsed and we don't have the insurance. So I tried, I looked into Medicare. Obviously he can't have that as well because he's a British citizen and he can't fly home to England because he's uh, he can't fly. He's been told by the doctors earlier in the summer that um, because of his condition, uh, his lungs will collapse. He c- it could kill him if he flies. And he also cannot fly. He cannot travel long distance, uh, even in a car or bus. And uh, that could also cause him problems. And I think that what, back in July when he did his dates, in, um, we went up to Virginia and driving and driving back. He This is when it, his partial lung collapse happened. He was bleed, uh, coughing up blood. Uh, took him to the hospital. Uh, he was in the hospital for about three weeks at that time, had a surgery done, was released, came home, home for about 10 days, and then his lung fully collapsed, went back. This was in the end of August, and he hasn't been back home since. So we don't have the insurance. Um, can't send him back to England, and I know people have asked about that. Impossible to do. So right now, I I said, well, I have to do something for him because he didn't want to seek treatment. He was compromising his health because he was so worried about the money and how we're going to pay the doctor bills and how we're going to pay the, the, the test scans and everything. So I said, well, just I'm just going to put this together because I saw it as saving his life. I said, we have to do it. I, I don't want him worrying because he worries all the time. I said, you need to just focus on your health and getting well and getting strong. And I said, and I'll worry about everything else. And that's what I did. He didn't want me to do it, but that was my way of trying to do it ourselves. Uh, we didn't ask for help. You know, I didn't, we didn't call anybody in particular for, for help, you know, for money or anything. We, I figured this is the way we could do it ourselves. Um, we had a mutual friend of Denny's uh, who manages Christopher Cross. His name is Toby. And he, he was the one who said, I'm going to reach out to McCartney and, and, and let him know what's going on. And, and he asked my, for my permission to do so. And I gave it to him to do it. And cause I'm just in the hospital almost 24 seven. And, um, and Paul is helping. Um, Paul, Paul's one of the first people that did help and he's in the loop. Um, the office is in the loop. I spoke to Lee Eastman this via text 
um, and they want to be kept in the loop and uh, on Denny's condition um, because they have a long history with him. You know, Leesman knows Denny as Uncle Denny from when he was a child back in the 70s. And um, and Paul, I sent Paul a thank you text uh, last weekend um, trying to catch up on that just to say thank you for him because he didn't have to do that. We don't expect him to do that. We don't feel that he's obligated in any way to do anything. He doesn't have to do this. He's doing it out of the kindness of his heart, out of his uh, history with Denny, their, their friendship. Um, he, he didn't have to do anything. And I sent him a text to let him know that how much I appreciate and thank him for his generosity. And he texted me back the next day and he was very thank you know, very sweet uh, about it. And he said, you know, anything, you know, to help you through your difficulties. And it was very kind of him. But again, we don't expect Paul to do that. We don't think he he's obligated. Some people think he is. Uh, we don't. Me and me and Denny do not. But well, we're thankful for it. And that's why we wanted to speak to you today, because, you know, people on social media can be very mean, uh, but they don't know uh, what's going on behind the scenes. And and uh, although Paul does not, as you say, doesn't have an obligation, it's very kind to do what he is doing. And we wanted to let people know that, yes, Paul is uh, helping out and being there for his pal, Denny. And, you know, we love Denny here. I first saw him in 1976 at the Boston Garden <laughs> Wings Over America tour. And Professor Gallant, just the fact that all these years later I can call Denny a friend, it's like a dream come true. He is really such a gentleman he was you guys were just at city winery uh, earlier this year and you Liz, you've been so good for denny uh from the start and uh, uh for what you do for him and we're grateful for your being there uh and helping him through this uh but uh, that's what we're asking people right now you're about halfway to your goal on gofundme and so we want to get the word out and assist however we can and Professor, mm-hmm. I mean, you know the, the the contribution that Denny's made throughout his life from the days of the Moody Blues. He's brought us so much joy, fun, music, entertainment, and here's our way to, to help Denny as a thank you, and that's what we're trying to do today. Well, I, I think, Lizzie, too, you, you will probably defer and deflect this, but um, uh, your efforts are also um, – your efforts are part of, if not a cure, but a method of, of trying to bring Denny back to better health. Because when you when you mention that, what you're able to do is to take away some of his stress and worry uh, about yeah. things like the, the medical bills and treatment. We know that stress and worry um, yes. uh, can be as lethal as inter- interstitial lung disease, right? And exactly. so uh, you're you're actually doing as 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 um, as much important work as uh, as the healthcare workers are. Um, I, I did have a bit of a question, maybe for our listeners to understand that if if Denny is still a, a British citizen, that there is no possibility of remote coverage from national health. No. Is that correct? That they. No. Correct. There isn't um, because he does not have a home base um, in England. You know, he doesn't have a an address that he lives that he currently, you know, he doesn't have a current home address. If he had one, he might be able to get some remote, but he can't. I see. You know, I looked, I in, I looked into all of this. Yeah. And, and, he, and obviously and could if, not travel to a Commonwealth country like Canada to be, no, to be covered. Because I wanted to. I was like, well, mm-hmm. let's go up to Canada. Sure, and, sure. But he's not allowed to do long-distance driving. Doctors told him that earlier this summer. 
Um, they told him to, you're going to have to keep it local. That's why Denny was trying to stay more in Florida when his with his dates, because traveling two hours here, three hours there is not as bad as driving, you know, 15 hours on a bus or, you know, uh, going to a city from cities and and flying is out of the question. Mm-hmm. He can't even go up mountains right now. He is um, is because of the altitude and his lungs are so fragile at the moment. They're very weak because of this disease. It's a terrible, terrible disease. It eats away at you. I mean, he's dropped twenty pounds. Um, he's 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 lost his bone, uh, his um, muscles. You go into atrophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went into that right after the surgery last month. And within days, he just, his muscles were gone. And I said, what happened? Um, he looks like a cancer patient. It's so, he's so thin and fragile right now. Um, he is putting on a couple of pounds, you know, they're working on, because he has a feeding tube right now to, um, put some strength in his body because he's so the, the recent bout of pneumonia weakened him. So he's trying to recover from the surgery last month, the VAT surgery, which is pretty intense. Then he developed septic, septic. He went septic after that. And he was in an ICU for about a week. This was back in July. I mean, I'm sorry. This was back in September, the towards the end of September. And he got, over the sepsis, which was very scary. He was septic for a few days. It was touch and go there, and is, he got over that. that uh, this is the, the, the vicious irony, right, that oftentimes <laughs> um, the, the hospitalization um, can be as, as, as lethal as any disease. One is, it, one is what it's we're horrible. working with, right, it's because horrible. of everything that yeah, is there. Um, is, is he at all – I mean this is could be, I, I guess, also part of the objective of the fundraising. Has there been any talk of, the, of, of either um, – uh, transplant or if there's a sense that if neither lung, not to get into no. the medical weeds, which I don't know, of, but if, if, if either mm-hmm. lung is technically healthier, can they build that up if even one had to be removed or something of that nature? Or um, I, I did ask that um, a couple of weeks back when mm-hmm. he was returned to the hospital and his lung is just, you know, he developed water outside fluid outside right. of the lung, the right mm-hmm. lung. It's his right lung that's the problem. I see. And it's called a um, pleural effusion. Sure. And he has a very slight watering on the lung. So he takes diuretics for that right. to eliminate the water mm-hmm. from his body. Um, and they say because of his age and because of his condition right now, he's too weak sure. to to go under to go under anesthesia, uh, right. that could kill him. And, and the water buildup is the water buildup is also gets exacerbated by having to be prone so much. Correct, because yeah. he's got autoimmune disease. So right now he's very susceptible to getting lung infections. So so it's precarious. And the thing is, we have to build up his strength, and that comes from eating. And he was having trouble eating for a while because his esophagus is weakened. You know, after being in the hospital for two months. Um, it takes time. That's why he was going to go to physical therapy. And that was part of his therapy is, you know, uh, building up his throat muscles, his tongue muscles, as well as his body. Because um, like I said earlier, he can't walk right now. He can't even stand. If he stands, it's only for a few seconds. It's only to get him to move from the bed to the chair and back. Um, he's not walking even with a walker. He's too weak. And he's going to have use of a wheelchair, uh, even when he's released from physical therapy, which will he'll be in that physical therapy for possibly three weeks. 
he'll come home and I have to get a hospital bed. I have to get a, a wheelchair at the house and then we'll have home health care come in. And this is set up through the hospital. Uh, they set us up with a referral and then we'll have a nurse come in two, maybe three times a week to start. And then it gets weaned down to once a week and they'll mm-hmm. come in and they administer his medications. They do his vitals. Uh, if there's any blood work that needs to be pulled, uh, they'll be the ones to do that. And then physical therapy will then come into the house and help him continue with therapy. And that could be, they're not sure yet, but it could be for two months, three months. We're not sure yet. We're going to take a minute right now to tell you about another podcast that you should definitely check out. It's called Past Tens, a top 10 time machine. That's right, Chachi. Tens, as in T-E-N-S. Your host, David Yaz, and the chartmeister, Michael Miltwolf, travel back in time to revisit the top 10 hits on the Billboard charts on a given day in the past. Sometimes the songs hold up nicely, other times they make you cringe, and that's when comedy and chaos ensue on Past Tense. You know, David, I think the best episode was when they went back to 1964 because the list was packed with Beatles songs and also because those bozos, Milton and Dave, respectively, had the good sense to have us on that episode to school them on all things Beatles. I agree, Chachi. That was a fantastic episode, probably their best. But also check out the episode where I filled in for Milk. It spared the audience the usual allotment of milk fart jokes. You'll have to listen to it to what other types of bodily function jokes are put in. I had no idea that you were a guest host. I feel offended and betrayed, but I have to admit, for a couple of knuckleheads, these guys put on a fantastic show. It's past tens to a top ten time machine. Find it anywhere you get your podcast or visit timemachinepod.com. That's timemachinepod.com. The, the work that you're doing obviously is is very important and, and very noble and we, we try to avoid it but we can't help start to think about the politics of health care because this is not just yeah, when, when, when have uh, I've had I had aging parents before they passed and 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 the work through this um, you know is at least a part-time job and now for you it's a full-time job plus right and to yes. work to work through that system and it's not and the difficulties that we have working through the healthcare system are not even created equally amongst all the 50 states as you know right no it's not and the thing is too is after the pandemic from what we're, we've learned is there's a lot of short staff in hospitals and you know healthcare facilities there is a shortage as well so you don't get immediate care when you're in the hospital, which is why I'm here. I sleep here. I'm, I sleep in the recliner right next to him and I help him in between. You know, you call, you, you know, you use the call button for the nurse to come in and, you know, sometimes you're waiting 10, 15, 20 minutes. It depends on how busy they are and how many patients they have on the floor. So I'm there to help him in between. If he needs something to drink, if he needs something to eat, if he needs me to, you know, give him a bath or change him or do something. I do the fill-in when I can. I try to help the nurse, but I'm helping him. Right. Because um, he gets so anxious. You know, it's it's horrible. You know, it's cabin fever. You, you're stuck in a, in a room. Uh, you can't go outside. And for somebody like Danny, who's very active, um, he's very, he's full of life. Before he got sick, I mean, he was always riding his bike, swimming in the pool, walking, hiking, walking, very active, um, playing every day with his guitar, every day um, on the drums, on the piano, whatever, in his music room. And all that's been ripped from him right now. Certainly so that, that acts that to a is, depression. Right. That, that, is, that has to be 
obviously for a lifelong musician and having performed and liz, lived his life at at the levels that he was able to do and to achieve this is the the unkindest condition but in the midst of that i mean not to sort of try to put too much of a bow on it but where where do you find where is the ability if there is one to um how do the spirits get lifted for for denny yeah it's it's very hard <laughs> well i it's you know watching tv watching movies um i try to talk to him some days he doesn't want to talk he's not in the mood he's not feeling well he's in pain or he's just you know you have your days of funk you know you're just miserable mm-hmm. um so he just sometimes just likes to be left alone which i'd leave him alone i'll put some music on um just in the background i was i was going and- to ask about about the music cure, if you will, or, or the music treatment. Is that something that I I would think could be, could be something that elevates the spirit, but it could be painful too, because especially if you had a ending, you're someone who creates music, right? And then then it's, and then it's not there. Well, the key is we don't listen to contemporary music. We're listening to classical music. Um, You're listening to, you know, the, the hospital has a, has it on their TVs where you can put on meditative music. They have different stylings set to landscapes, or you can listen sure. to crickets, you know, birds chirping. So you put things on to kind of change the pace of the day um, and lift his spirit that way. For a while there, he was listening to Elvis nonstop on XM. And <laughs> so it depends on his moods. And then he was listening to Django Reinhardt uh, for a little while. Um, but then he just wants to listen to classical Lizzie said crickets. I almost misheard it that she was talking about the crickets as in Buddy Holly. So, (laughs) but then she said Elvis and she said Elvis and I thought, okay. Yeah. I was talking about like, there's a, there's a meditative, you know, those white noise machines and they have birds chirping. Mm -hmm. So he likes that. I leave that on. Mm. It helps him um, put a nightlight on. And then I have lavender. I bring lavender in. I rub him down with lavender and, and, you know, help him with his exercises and I rub his feet and, you know, put lavender lotion on him and that helps as well. And I, and then I also say with people who are stuck in bed like that, you get them a stress toy. So I, I, I found this little kitten stuffed animal that looks like our, our cat, Charlie, because he misses his cat, Charlie. And I, and I said here, you know, and you can use that to squeeze when you have your moments of anxiety or you're getting upset. I said, just squeeze the cat. And and that kind of helps alleviate some of his anxiety. And he, and then you can cuddle with it. And it does help people in Daddy's position who are in this kind of really scary situation where he thinks it's life and death, which it is. Um, he's always afraid his lung is going to collapse again. He's afraid that he's not going to be able to breathe again because he went through it already three times um, where you're gasping for air. And it's a, it's a PTSD situation at this point, uh, from talking to the doctors that people develop who, who go through a traumatic experience, whether it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be a war. You, you know, if it's something physically you went through, whether it's a heart attack, you lose a limb or any sense a condition where his lung collapse and you can't breathe. That's a traumatic experience. So it develops into a PTSD. So it's, it's a very, a strange situation to be in because it's not, it's not extreme, but it's there. And there you see bits of it come every day, um, especially at night where he develops this fear. So you, you have me, I have to deal with that as well. And it's all new to me. So I deal with his night terrors. I deal with his, uh, when he starts getting panicky and I have to calm him down and let him know he's safe and everything's okay. So 
it's a, it's a terrible situation. It's to see somebody like Denny and you know, Denny Chachi where mm-hmm. Denny is so full of life and he's so fun and he's, you know, just always laughing to have him see like this. And I, that's something I miss is his laughter. I miss his smiles. Um, they've been missing for the past two weeks, two months now. Yeah. There's nothing worse than the feeling that you can't breathe and uh, and being in the hospital is not fun under any condition, especially nowadays. But you're right about Danny. I would always see you guys on, on your Facebook and social media posts. You guys are on the beach. You certainly got married on the beach. But Danny's always active, enjoying the weather of Florida. And, of course, whenever, you know, you both came to Boston, it was always fun. We would hang out mm-hmm. and you'd perform all yeah. the time. And you're right. He was always happy-go-lucky, you know, just loving life uh, up and down. Yeah. Uh, and you was, you've been so good to him. And I know from the last time we were together at City Winery, you guys were on the road in your car and you yeah. had Charlie with you. So I understand because yep. <laughs> we, we have cats at home and uh, we love our cats. I hate to even go away. I like to be with them all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Charlie on the road with you and uh, was fun. And, and, you know, that's why we're here. We're appealing to our listeners both here and on our Breakfast with the Beatles radio show to please find a way to help out on Denny's GoFundMe page. And correct me, I know that, Liz, you see all of the messages and you sit with Denny and you tell him how mm-hmm. much his fans love him, right? Uh, I do. And the thing is with Denny, he can only take so much and then he starts to cry. He, he gets upset because it, it's very emotional. Uh, you know, of course, being ill, you're emotional to, to begin with. But when I show him the love and I show him the messages, he goes through them all. Even on the GoFundMe, there's messages there. And I show him the love people are sending him and he's, he starts tearing up and he says, I can't read it anymore. I can't look at it. I can't look at it because he, he starts getting emotional about it. But I just want him to know that there's so much love out there for him because he forgets, you know, he forgets who he is. He doesn't think of himself as a rock star, never does. He, he just thinks of himself as Brian. He thinks of himself as just a guy who plays guitar. He doesn't think of himself in some lofty heights. And it's weird for him to see the adulation that does come. Um, but it does, it's emotional for him. But I think it's important he sees it. And, and that, of course, the voice messages we get, the texts we get from everybody, you know, personal friends. Um, and he was saying just the other day, I mentioned it to somebody else. We had Joe English call and he said, Joe English. <laughs> and he's, he hasn't heard from Joe English since the eighties. And Joe heard that Denny was ill through somebody and called and left this really sweet message for Denny. Um, I've been in text, I've been texting Joe, uh, back and forth and he called again yesterday, left another sweet message. And, um, then he says, it's weird how, you know, it's unfortunate how something like this brings out your friends, brings your friends together and brings people back. And he says it's it's a nice it's nice, but it's sad at the same time. But he was very you know, he's very happy to hear from Joe. And he's very happy to hear from, um, you know, Bev Bevan. I mean, we've been in touch with Bev Bevan uh, from ELO. Uh, he was also in Denny's Diplomats uh, days. Right, right. Um, and we've been in touch with Bev since the pandemic, but he got in touch with us again. And, and you know, so many people, the, the John Lodge, uh, of course, Tara and Mike Pinder have been amazing. Uh, there's so much love there. And um, Lee Thomas, Ray Thomas's widow, 
Uh, we, I hear from her all the time as well. So there's a lot of love coming in. Steve Holly, he just adores Denny. I mean, we talk about Denny all the time. Um, so I do get all these messages from Denny Sywell, Lawrence Juber, you know, all these people send me messages. And of course, from Denny's band out in LA. Um, so I, I keep, I try to keep people, uh, informed as the days go, go by. Yeah, it's all awful. it's awful to be in in the hospital. But t- tell us, how did you meet Denny? Because you guys uh, are so good. To, you're so good together, especially uh, when you do shows together. It's always nice to, to know that oh, Denny's coming to town, and Liz will be with him, and you always keep keep him uh, in in good hands. And uh, so, tell us yeah. how you met Denny. <laughs> I met Denny at, at Beetlefest in Jersey back in twenty. 20- 10, I believe. I think it was in 2010. And I went there specifically to see him. I was like, oh, I never seen him perform. I would love to see him perform one day. So I went there with my nephew. I took my nephew. He was 10 years old for his birthday. Met Denny. And it was like there was immediate. There was something there. But we never we didn't act on it, you know. And uh, we we just remained friends um, over Facebook. We it, it, very slow. Uh, it was a casual friendship, very casual. And then we just kind of stayed in touch that way. And he was following me, which he told me later and he to learn more about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we just started developing a friendship where he started sending me messages because my mom was sick and he was sending me these long letters. And then we started texting each other and then he called me and, and then it went from there. So it took like six years <laughs> before we even started you know, commu- you know, dating. Uh, we started dating in 2016, but we were talking all those years. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of knew each other over the years, and and then we just you know developed into actually our anniversaries is this month, October 25th is the date I uh, of our seven years. So we've been together all this time, and wow. um, that's about it. And then we got married. Uh, we've been talking about marriage for a while, and. Um, we were going to get married last year when he came back from the Beatle tour, we were talking about it. And then that's when he got started having these problems, health mm. problems. So it just took a back seat. And, you know, you always think tomorrow's another day. You always have next year. You think time is limitless and it's not. And um, when this summer we were going to get married in June and we pushed it twice the date. And then when he was feeling better in the beginning of July, we picked July 11th because it's so, you know, 7 11. It's just easy. And we went down to the Keys, which is one of his favorite spots, and got married down in Isla Mirada and had a great time. Beautiful. We had a beautiful time down there and then came back, went on the road. He did two dates. And then that's when he got sick. And that's when everything happened. Everything just fell apart. Well, well, listen, there were beautiful pictures of you guys getting married on the beach. And Stephanie and I were very, very happy for you both. And it's always nice to see you, Liz, and Denny in Boston. And we're hoping for his quick return, quick uh, recovery. We're praying for him. But we can do more than pray. We can help Denny by sending him messages, but also his GoFundMe page. You're almost halfway to your goal, so we have some work to get done here to help. Uh, how, do, how do people find the GoFundMe page? Well, they can go to GoFundMe.com and look for, just type in Denny Lane and it'll come up. You'll see his picture <laughs> with his guitar in the backyard. Yep. Um, 
And then, uh, or, or of course, you go to Facebook to go to his official page, which is Denny Lane official page. Look, always look for that little blue check mark next to the name to make sure it's Denny's page. And on there, you'll find the uh, GoFundMe link. It's linked to the website uh, on the top of the page. It's also pinned, and um, and you can find it there. Yeah, but know- as a, as I say, I am very grateful for everybody who's donated. Where you don't have to, but people in their hearts are doing it, and it's, it's the love for Denny. And it doesn't matter if it's five dollars. I appreciate every dollar people send, and it's it's. It's a, it, that's just love there. That's what I see. And knowing how hard times are and, and people are going through hard times. And I know that we both know this. And that's why I hesitated in the beginning to, about putting the GoFundMe. But when push came to shove, I said, you know what? I got to do it. I, I got to do anything I can to save this man's life. I, I do not want to see a future without him in my world. And I definitely don't want him the fans to miss him. Well, <laughs> I want to keep uh, this man around and, and as, we much as, as long as possible. <laughs> and, and and we do too. And God bless you, Liz, for that. But you know what? A lot of people don't understand. They think, uh, and listen, I've been in the, I'm, I'm in the music business, but in a different kind of way than Denny. But everyone thinks, oh, these rock stars have a ton of money. But you know what? They don't. It could be for various yeah. reasons, bad management, bad yeah. financial uh, advice. Bad, man- bad management most of the time. It's yeah. usually most, if not 90% of the time, 95%, it's the management Sometimes, you know, you have bad marriages. You marry somebody who's in it for the money. And that's what happened with Denny twice. And, you know, you marry gold diggers and they come along and they just want to take your house. And, you know, that's what happened to him as well. But he also, you know, you come into contact with people who have bad intentions and everybody wants something from him. And they say, oh, I'll manage you. I'll help you. And then in turn, they take everything away. And that's what happened to Denny twice. It happened with the Moody Blues and it happened when he... Uh, when he was out of wings and, uh, you know, so-called friend that his first wife brought into his world and because they were working in tandem to, you know, take advantage of his celebrity and work together. And they just took advantage of him. Denny lost his, you know, solo, all of his solo material in the eighties because of this guy came along and, Oh, I'm going to take care of it and take care of you. And he ran off with it. Um, So, I mean, that's something that, you know, you're, we're trying to deal with as well legally, but there's so much that goes on in the music world. It's typical and the Moody blues. We didn't, I didn't know this, but you know, when they signed, they didn't sign to the record company. It was their management. So when the management signs on, they get the money and then they ended up giving the band members allowances. And then they ran off with the money. And one day they went Mike Pinder and, and I think it was Mike Pinder and Denny, or it could have been Mike Pinder and Ray, they went to see the manager and their office was cleaned out. The guys just took off. So they were, and this was after the whole go now. And so they had no money. They were broke. Um, Then the Beatles had them go with Brian Epstein and they went on that Beatle tour and um, to give them money because that's where most musicians make money is live work, especially nowadays, because the way the music business is, people really don't buy product anymore. Everything is streamed. Everything's on YouTube and streaming is you get pennies, you know, it's a fraction of a penny per stream. So they're not 
they're not making any real money on these royalties. And the same with Wings. I mean, they weren't signed as individual band members to the record company. They, you know, Paul and Linda were, but the other band members weren't. So they get a smaller fraction of the pie and then if they were signed as a featured artist. So they get they're getting royalties, but it's not big. <laughs> it's it's very yeah. small and um it's not enough to really live on. Yeah, and listen, if Denny has gigs and a doctor says, you know, you really shouldn't be traveling, you know, Denny, you know, uh, he needs he to... He can't earn, tell Denny. <laughs> yeah, he needs to earn a living. First of all, he needs to earn a living and he wants to do that. He has a new wife and he, and you know, he has bills to pay just like everyone else and and so he goes and to do the gigs and so I understand that. He forces himself to do it despite any advice a doctor might give him. So his heart's in the right place and he's he's trying mm-hmm. to do the right thing for, for his life, his family, his wife, uh, yeah. certain, you know, so I understand. And I, tell, and I told him, you know, when we were going through the pandemic, I mean, I had my own money because I've been working all my life and, and I made decent money in, in my day, you know, working in New York and I had savings, you know, I had my 401k and that's what got us through the pandemic, you know, that helped us get through the bulk of it. It wasn't Denny. It was me. (laughs) I had the money saved up. I had a lot of the bulk of the money saved up and that helped get us through. And then of course he had his royalties that come through a couple of times a year, but when he's not working, you know, that's where he gets his earnings really is. That's where he earns a living is on the road, live work. And that's why you see so many musicians, even Paul, you know, they go out there to make money on the road um, because the way things are nowadays with technology, it, it's it's hard for musicians to stay afloat. It's just different than it was 30, 40 years ago, oh, yeah. where you had to buy a record, you bought a, a CD you know, or a single, and now it's everything's online. So you're, they're not getting they're not getting their their royalties on that on that. So no. it's different than it is for like you have SAG Afro where they protest and have writers strikes so that they can fight to get the money that they're not getting from Netflix. So it's similar where an actor is not getting their full royalty from a repeated movie on Netflix. That's why they're out there getting their fair share, trying to get their fair share. Cause it's, it's not fair that they're getting pennies when a movie is being broadcast over and over again, and they're, and they're not getting a piece of it. They're getting a small piece of it. Well, the, the music business, we don't have that. They don't have somebody to advocate for them. So they kind of suffer through. It's it's a tough, tough business. It hasn't really changed much. Yeah, it's it's terrible. There's a lot of predators out there looking to make the money. You don't. Uh, it's very sad. I and we have on our on our big screen right now. We're looking at the GoFundMe page, and Denny's smiling with his guitar, and he was always so full of life. And That's so him. you know, we love you. We love Denny, and uh, so please appealing to everyone who's listening right now to please consider uh, helping Denny out at this time. We want to get him healthy again and get him back on the road, enjoying life and certainly bringing his music to us in Boston and all over the country because he loves to perform. He he loves to perform. And, you know, it was when he did those last two dates um, because we had to cancel one in Fort Myers when he was in the hospital. And then he had, and this is in July, and he did a, a date in, and Boca Raton, and then he did one in Richmond, Virginia. And he was having such a great time. He loved it. And after the gig, after the show, he tells everybody, I'll be back. And he sat there, you know, came back and an hour, it was about, it was like 45 minutes to an hour after the show. And he met with 
everybody who stayed behind shook their hands, signed, rec- you know, did signatures, took pictures. Um, and he really shouldn't have done that. And because he was ill and, but he, he felt great, but he just said, I feel good. I'm just, I feel like I can do it. I feel fine. I'm going to go out there and do it. So he did it. And I didn't think anything of it. I said, well, he says he feels okay. He went out there and, and shook hands and then got in the car the next morning and started going home. And that's when he started having this coughing and he started spitting up a little blood and then, and he shouldn't have done it. You know, he shouldn't have, he should have just canceled those two dates. And I, I kick myself because I should have, I should have just put my foot down and said, no, 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 you're not doing it. And, um, he said he could do it. And I just let it, left him to it. And so that's something I regret that I, I didn't put my foot down. I should have just canceled those two dates. And I just, you know, he's the boss. So he, he yeah. said he could do it. He did it. And I, and I regret it. Well, you know, you do a show, you want to please your fans. He has the adrenaline. Yeah. I'm going to stay and meet people. But then when you get to your hotel or to your car, your whole system begins to relax. And that's when you realize, Oh my God, I should have I pushed done it that. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. But his heart's in the right place. He's such a kind, oh, gentle guy. And, um, boy, I'm, I'm so sad for Denny, but we're praying for him every day. Please go to his GoFundMe page. He's halfway, almost halfway to the goal. So let's try to make life easier for Denny and Liz. And, Professor, sad state of affairs for Denny Lane, but we're going to get him out of this. Yeah, and, and Lizzie, don't forget that um – uh, the caretaker at times needs to also take care of themselves. Otherwise, you won't be able to help Denny. And don't live in the shoulda, woulda, couldas because that's also more stress. So, coraggio to you, as we say. And uh, uh, Chachi, maybe my, in not in not an ironic way, but my uh, favorite song from the Ruddles is Denny Lane Forever. Yes, yeah, Denny Lane Forever. <laughs> Liz, thank you for joining us today. And for- yeah. I'm glad you set the record straight for people on social media. Some people can be very heartless and just know that, uh, you know, everyone who knows Denny is helping. And I mean that from Paul McCartney on down. And so God bless you. Give, please tell Denny a hello for us. Send a, send him our love. He's celebrating a birthday this month. So please, absolutely. Please wish him a happy birthday. And, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done and continue to do for Denny and, uh, give Charlie a kiss for us. We love Charlie the cat. And I was, I mean, he played City Winery, and then uh, I see a picture online of traveling with Charlie, but Charlie wasn't at the show. He stayed at Ernie's house to enjoy yeah. the, the luxury of Ernie Box Place, which is nice. Too. I told you he was a lucky cat. Uh, he was but, a very lucky cat. <laughs> that's right. We love Charlie. We love Denny, and we love you, Liz. Thank you so much. Thanks. Stephanie and I send our love and. Uh, we want to see you guys back in Boston very, very soon. So please give our best to Denny. I absolutely will. Okay, Thank Liz. You. Thank you for coming on to our podcast today and be safe. Yes. Talk soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, uh, Mr. Gallant. I'm glad we were able to get Liz on the line with us to mm-hmm. talk about Denny's rehabilitation and certainly the um, <laughs> health care today is not an easy thing to navigate and so we're wishing only the best for Denny and Liz. Quite a journey. Quite a journey. Thank you for listening to Get Back to the Beatles, our Beatles podcast. And uh, on behalf of David Yaz, 
uh, producer, Mr. Gallant, Suffolk University Beatles professor, and myself, Chachi LaPrat. We thank you for tuning in to Get Back to the Beatles. We're produced by the Boston Podcast Network, and you can check out all of our past episodes uh, where you are right now. And certainly, if you go to Boston Podcast Pod617.com, uh, you can find all kinds of different podcasts, different subjects, and uh, it's always fun to be here with David Gallant and David Yaz. And have a great afternoon, a great day, a great week, and we'll see you back here next time on Get Back to the Beatles. Bye-bye. Get back, Jojo. Make sure to check for the latest episode of Get Back to the Beatles with Chachi LaPrette at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network.